0: So my kids tell me when I get on the phone with my with people, I will Who else do you get on the phone with? (laughs) His cat.
1: (laughs) Woof woof. Well woof 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 Lawson.
0: You prayed for me today, because you do it without ceasing. You prayed for me today. I never stopped. You prayed for me today. The Spirit does. (laughs) He groaned with words too deep. Welcome to Products of Grace, a podcast by Mercy Hill Church.
2: My name is Lawson Harlow, and with me today, I have Don Terrell and Blake McCullough. Blake, congratulations. Thank you. Everybody happy and healthy? Yep. Good.
1: That's it? Yeah, it's, it's good. I mean, I don't have much more to say. All right, so Don, Big, what are we family. doing today?
0: So today, Blake is back from having a baby. <laughs> I already did that. And Lawson is still here. was here last week, wasn't it? Hold on. Hold sorry. on. sorry. Sorry, sorry. Because I, ha- I have this written in my notes. Can I already did this? this. Can you start over? We'll skip. Yeah, this. start skip over. over. Sorry, <laughs> Welcome to Protestant Grace, a podcast by Mercy Hill Church. <laughs> my name's Don Terrell, and with me today, I have Lawson Harlow and Blake McCullough, where... Blake is back from having a baby, and Lawson is still here with these two idiots. (laughs) True, true. So, what are we doing today? So, today, so speaking of having a baby, (laughs) I needed that. Yeah, yeah, I needed that. Yeah, I was broken for a minute. I was like, I have a joke. I have a joke. (laughs) So, speaking of babies, so I'm going to be a great uncle. Awesome. (laughs) I really am. Are you going to be a great uncle or are you going to be a great? I've already proven to be a great uncle. uncle. Mm. I've already proven this out. So now I'm going to be a great uncle. Okay. That's great. I know. (laughs) When do you think you'll be a great uncle? Like what's the time horizon on that? So I feel really young! What is young. a, great, what is a really great young to be a great uncle? What is a great uncle? It's like, your what's kid, the your friend, your friends, <laughs> your friends' kid <laughs> has so a tired.
1: baby. <laughs> your, I mean, these days, your siblings'
2: kid has a baby. Correct? Oh, a hot minute! My oldest, my yes, oldest, your sibling, niece or your nephew. My oldest has n- to have a baby. My oldest nephew is
0: seven or eight. I got a minute, Lord willing. Wait, your oldest niece no. or nephew It's seven. seven, but I'm 30, one, so my oldest niece is
1: four next week.
2: <laughs> I think, yeah. I thought I figured Isaiah was the oldest at all, y'all. No, this is on Sarah's side. Oh, fair. I forgot about that. Yeah. All right. I did too for a second. I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Wait, wait, wait. No, 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 no. Oh, I got to back up then. I'm terrible. I'm a terrible. Oh, no. Um, you no, just I offended
0: have... somebody. <laughs> I have... You totally forgot about yeah, somebody. Yeah, He's I have... grabbing his beard, I have y'all. Two, I
2: have two nieces that are, I don't know how old they are. One's, <laughs> one's out of. Oh, but this is the weird thing. You it's know this is true. Hand. No, you know Man, this is it's true. it's getting worse. You marry like... in to a family, and there are kids that are already born, and they're older already, Right. Sure. And, so, and so it's different when there's like one born when you're around already mm. there's a
0: distinction are there. you saying you love them more
2: no I'm just saying the relationship <laughs> the relationship's different
0: like for instance Mary Martha is my is which my, parent do you love more yep. Lawson let's go ahead and get this out <laughs> Why are playing this game? <laughs> I
2: got, then I got four to pick from like i mean, like
0: alright whose Christmas is the best <laughs>
2: He always answered it.
3: Shut up,
2: bro. There's differences. Is there? There's there's, there's There's excellence in both, but they are distinct excellencies. Good girl. I've been reading Edwards today. Oh, gosh. Excellency? If you read him, he's just like his favorite word. Really?
0: It's like, you know what I've noticed your favorite word is recently? What? (sighs) Encourage. You've been throwing that around a lot. You know, normally when
2: you're going to tell me this, I already know what it is. I didn't, but in I this wasn't, case, didn't. I wasn't
0: prepared for that one, actually. I, I like it. I like the word. Yeah. It's mm. like a lot of times you're like, you're looking for the word promotion, or like, I was, what's another way to like, I was positively influencing. I mean, all of that falls into the word encourage. Encourage. Yeah.
3: Mm.
2: Mm. I haven't <laughs> thought about that. That's his word. His what? word. Blake's word is mm, mm. and glorious.
0: And glorious? Yeah.
2: Yeah, I do. Say that's your that's a your lot. that's your supplied adjective. Yeah, everybody's got
0: one. It works.
2: Yeah, it, in in almost all circumstances that you're going to
0: use it for sure. All right. So today, what are we doing? Going to have a glorious episode. We're going to encourage. We're going to cover the. We're going to glorious. We're going to cover encourage. the interaction of what we encouraged mm. our audience to do, which was to interact with us gloriously. Amen. Amen. Mm. Mm. <laughs> mm. <laughs> but we need a jingle. We need a jingle. Because this is, so today, this is the mailbag episode. So this mm. is. Is it be a jingle? <laughs> <laughs>
1: what? Is, I just. I, Charles, you, can you like auto tune some mmms into a I jingle? Need, <laughs> I need to know. Sarah,
2: send us an email. Do do us a favor. One day when y'all are at the house, count how many times he goes, mmm. I just want to know. I just want to know. I love it.
0: Because the thing, the difference of like listening to this, and Charles brought it up too. He's like, Blake and I are really like you know we're here you only we're know Lawson's listeners. here yes like we're giving like we're giving we're giving positive affirmation I don't to do the that, audience though. you don't, don't like do you're that. just like I don't say one amen. episode Charles was like dude Lawson was dying laughing yeah. in this section of what y'all were recording <laughs> if you listen to it it sounds like you're just like staring off into no man's land and like Blake and I are ever here having like an inside (laughs) joke we're dying out on lots of mirth over there (laughs) I um I don't but we we, I made the joke
2: I I was reading um the essential Edwards and there was a conversation or a a section in there talking about Edwards and Whitfield getting together Mm -hmm. and Edwards feeling really bad about himself because he didn't have the the charismatic like nature of Whitfield because Mm -hmm. he's always like on go he's Thinking busy about death he's loud oh and you're talking about i'm talking about whitfield they're talking about edwards yeah yeah and, and whitfield's like yeah <laughs> and and i i'm like i'm sorry and edwards is like yeah and he's just so simple he doesn't interact he's just like this is what i do and i, I felt better about myself probably has a couple cats shut <laughs> up This <laughs> <Shut up. laughs> <laughs>
3: <It's>
0: stupid <again. laughs> i love it <laughs> All right, so we need a jingle. We need a mailbag episode <laughs> jingle. What should it be? I don't know. Jingle. I was thinking oh. about going. Sing me a song.
1: Blue's Clues. Yeah, what is it? We just got a letter.
0: We just got, got a, letter. a letter. We, we just, just got a letter. Wonder who it's from. from. That's it. <laughs> yes. All right. Wait, wait wait. What, wait, wait. Hold on. Are there copyright issues here? <laughs> who cares?
2: <laughs> <laughs> Steve's back. He'll yeah, care. Steve
0: will understand. <laughs> <laughs> or he'll come kill us in our sleep oh my gosh alright right. so that's the jingle today's episode <laughs> is the mailbag and <laughs> wait <laughs> before we before we move on <laughs> I had a thought about doing a live episode yeah and because I don't have Twitter I'm not on Facebook I can't ask for people to DM me mm. when I when Stop. I want to talk about my ideas <laughs> Y'all can all go to at Lawson Harlow on Twitter, DM him. Why are you getting so, why are you rolling your eyes? Well, now that we brought this up, I'm going to talk about it. Okay. <laughs> so, so I, I have a, I have this thought. So I'm, when, we're going to poll the audience. You can either interact with us on okay, our. Okay, good. Cause I'm going to do a poll too. We're going to interact with them on our meme page or our Facebook page or our church page, wherever, <laughs> throw us your ideas. I want to have a live recording where we do a podcast and food trucks. How this will happen, I don't know, but it sounds amazing. So I was telling on our way to meet up Mercy Hill, I was telling Joel about this. And Joel's like, dude, I had this idea that we need a Mercy Hill snow cone truck. Mm. Oh, and no. all of the snow cone flavors need to be memes. And I said, <laughs> memes? Yeah. Like, you said memes? No. No. Oh, sorry. May-mays. Like they need to be Maymays. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So here's the product of taste flavors that you could get. The product of
3: taste. Yeah.
2: We were playing a game the other day and he named his character Products of Taste. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All I was right. like, what have you done? Charles, have you heard this? Yeah. This is this is hilarious. I, we got fourteen flavors that are gonna be on this <laughs> oh, uh, on this proverbial podcast Products of Taste snow cone truck. So number one, orange fury. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> number two, oyster hanger. Oh, <laughs> number three, Bailey's Delight. Oh, that's smart. Yeah. Number four, Blake's Brew. Oh, Coffee flavor. Yeah. That's a good one. Number five, sweet, sweet man. <laughs> number six, <laughs> most precious man. Number I just seven, I know what those are. I know, me huh? too. That's kind what? of random. I guess we poll them and ask what their flavor would be. Yeah. All right, number seven, ATF. <laughs> oh, Which is like... I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's the one spiked option.
3: <laughs> the top
0: of that's gunpowder.
1: <laughs>
0: gunpowder garnish. All right, number eight, the Henson. The Henson. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this would be like Tiger's Blood. Which is Tiger's Blood. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, number nine, Lawson's Lozenge it's
3: <laughs> <Gross. laughs> <laughs> so funny
0: uh, number 10 pink pills oh. number 11 that out kicking your coverage gum. apple what uh, number 11 is out kicking your coverage out kicking your coverage number 12 wedding out- cake hey. what? wedding cake flavor. yes okay. that's good number 12 jalapeno surprise oh gosh number 13 the gremlin oh I Do don't remember, remember this one that's standing in front of the oh cookie dough it <laughs> Number 14, sitting by my pool and my bins. <laughs> Which is actually just a uh, snow cone with gold flakes on the top of it. Yeah. All right. So with that, gentlemen, let's hang a shingle with our, with our jingle. <laughs> it's weird. Do you know what it is to hang one shingle? No. So it's to open an office for one's own business or professional practice. Mm. So it was born in this American colloquism that's a colloquialism? colloquialism. Colloquialism. Yeah, it's yeah. colloquialism. Yeah. Dates from the first half of the eighteen hundreds when, at first, lawyers and later also doctors and business concerns. I don't even know what that is. Use shingles for signboards. Mm. Oh, so it'd be like out on the hanging. Oh yeah, it's a little the thing. Eve. They still yeah. do that in storefronts. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: At the horseshoe, every every store has a
2: little. Yeah. All right. The what the horseshoe over here, old town. Oh. Uh. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, Old Town Horseshoe. They're talking about the casino. All right,
0: Lawson's Twitter and DM cover it. Oh, so <laughs> I had a I called. See how good I am to you. <laughs> I appreciate that. Actually, <laughs>
2: I'll tell people that appreciate you don't abuse me. me. <laughs> um, the uh, so I called yesterday. I had an idea as I was listening to uh, the rise and fall of Mars Hill, hmm. and uh, one of the things they said was that the Generation X. Wait, is that right? What's our generation? I'm a millennial. Yeah. it's like it's. I think he was really done with like, uh, thirty to like forty five, fifty. That it's generation, like millennials and generation. Yeah, so it's so. a little bit of both. We're I the, were the most successful church planting generation since like, I mean, in, in, in modern church history, essentially, is what was said. Wow, which I thought was really interesting, and I thought, wow, well, you know, you're doing an expose on the worst option, mm-hmm. right? Like, and and I thought, you know, I know, I know. Five or six guys that have church planted and have been really successful, have been faithful, um, have not made made it about themselves. And I thought it would be a really good idea for somebody to do a podcast on, you know, the church planting movement that took place in you know that generation and continuing on today. Mm-hmm. So I called my friend uh, Teddy at Media Grotty. I said, "Hey, man, you should do this." And he was like, "No," he said, "But I'll help you do it." Hmm. And I thought, no. And then he kept pushing, me and I thought, I don't know. That'd be an interesting idea. So if I got enough people with interest, I would do a podcast on that and kind of go like from interview like- Interview
1: every week. Yeah, and do
2: like- That'd be cool. Either an interview every week or build it from like church planting, like inception, like what, what got you there and kind of deal with it from that way, like step by step and so that's why i posted that on twitter and then he gave me another idea which i thought was really interesting which mm-hmm. you can pull the audience here don's like he's talking too long um me right yeah <laughs> for sure he's over there coughing um just put a mint in <laughs> jerk <laughs> um the uh who knew it's coughing like 95 rude degrees in here that's what i know it is feels great anyway um, oh, the other option I know. i'm about to pit my shirt or out. another thing <laughs> blake just I was... looked at his
0: armpits <laughs>
2: This is my time. Uh, I'm, ki- I'm kidding. <laughs> no talking. The other that is talking. The, <laughs> the other option was a uh, a podcast that was essentially like an introductions. Like every season would be an introduction to a different uh, area of systematic theology. So you do like six six sessions in one season that mm-hmm. were like just just introductory in essence, and uh, just keep so going. So I grew
1: them, but more our flavor. Yeah, and then but be able our flavor,
2: uh-huh. and then be able to like you know you do one season with somebody, you bring somebody else and to do another, That'd and it's cool. just like an introduction to systematic theology. So we're talking about a Mercy Hill Church
1: family of podcasts. We're the next Christianity Today.
2: Stop.
0: <laughs> All right, so the audience has sent in several items. I don't know if we're gonna have time today. Charles Kynard, our lovely producer said that uh, each one of these questions could be an episode <laughs> in and of itself. By the way, Beth Harlow says that uh, Lawson, here's another Here's another question for the audience. Beth says to Lawson that Lawson cannot call men. What lovely. Is it? Lovely. Is it lovely? Lovely, but,
2: precious, any of those two. Yeah. What do you think, Blake? Like she's mad that you do that? She says it's, it's inappropriate because it's too feminine of an adjective. Oh, I disagree with her. Or Beth. adverb.
0: Is lovely an adverb? Sure. It has an L Y. Yeah. yeah, she was like, the only thing you can say about a man is like Good old man. This is a this is a good man. Yeah, Beth from the Delta. See,
1: this is the problem with manhood today. <laughs> we assume why the Delta shrinking unavailable. It's why the delta shrinking. All
0: right. So number one, the question is prayer. Topic <laughs> prayer. All right. You should do it. Yeah, right. definitely <laughs> next <Wait>. question <laughs> right. here's another quick Tied bow that one up. <laughs> boom you're welcome <laughs> alright so here was my what do thoughts about you have to do with prayer have you Have you noticed like culturally like thoughts and prayers on social uh, media you're like, I'm, we're sending and don't forget vibes so we're sending let I me mean, get this oh, I'm sending you <laughs> thoughts and prayers I felt that like, yeah. I don't understand how all of a sudden, like, the intercession has gone to gift giving. <laughs> you know, it's like, I've, I'm, it's like, I'm. I really wish you'd send them to God. Yeah. Like, <laughs> where they matter. Yeah. Hey, table your thoughts <laughs> yeah, those and just away. pray. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Put those away. <laughs> and hey, I don't even need to know.
2: True.
1: True. I will say it's encouraging to me it if is. someone yeah, tells I was say me that. Yeah. Not that they sent their thoughts and prayers but like hey man i pray for you this morning yes and your i family. appreciate that
2: yeah same
0: all right so we're all in agreement that the sending thoughts and prayers is a little bit of yeah a cultural misnomer yeah, it's weird i don't even know where it originated and from it turned into vibes did, did you research good on that vibes. where it originated from oh. no someone said sometimes my thoughts are with people and they don't know, they don't want to know what they are they <laughs> don't want me praying <laughs> so i said We should cover the Lord's Prayer and not as a mantra, but as an example. Discuss Mm. what it means to pray without ceasing, and I put in there, I remember being a kid in Sunday school class, and someone prayed that God would let him kill a deer in response to what is God's will for you, (laughs) so that's a lot. (laughs) Like Charles said, that's a whole episode. We may come back and revisit this, but... You know how like uh, like some cultures, you know, it's like almost like the Lord's Prayer is turned into some sort of like yeah, you just say it. yeah, ro- rosary or something like a football like game, yeah. yeah, before you go out there, right? Tap the doorpost, yeah. Why is it phone? not a mantra and it is an example? Well, I don't think
2: we have to remove it altogether. Is it being used in prayer? Okay, but I don't think that that's its intention, right? So, like, th- you know, the other option is there's a like he taught them to pray this way, but I think the this way is not. To recite his prayer, mm. but to mimic the way in which he prayed, mm-hmm. um, and so you know, like I said, I, I don't, I don't think we need to like say you know forebode that by any stretch of the imagination. But the major thing you see here is like you see the Lord Jesus reverently praying to the Father, and we could even jump to John seventeen and see another great demonstration of that as well, mm. um, where he he sought the Lord, he honored him, and he made requests, All those things wrapped up in there. Um, And so, you know, if we're gonna like, do you want to break down every verse of this? Because I don't think we have time. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. But <laughs> I mean, I think the the major if I if that's I were to hit, if episode, I were man. to hit the high points, which I'll do quickly as fast as I can, mm. our Father, <laughs> our Father in heaven, <laughs> hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I mean, the very You're just first reading thing, it. Okay, I, 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 you were talking. I'm sorry. The very first thing that I would note you're still here with these two idiots is, you know, <laughs> is the God, is the god-centeredness of the prayer mm. uh, right. like sometimes i think we enter into prayer and our very first response is i've got 36 i got 16 points i don't have them to tell you story <laughs> right. like that's what we're doing when we all when we go to the lord in prayer and i think that's changed the way that we view prayer Where mm. we always view prayer as i'm going to make my request known to you that's the only reason i'm walking in the door mm. kind of thing mm. um and while certainly it's commanded that we bring our request to him, even to the point where there's a, there's a clear illustration about going over and over and over and over and over and over and over, and over, and over, and over again to beseech him with the same request. And, I mean, the illustration given there is almost like wear him down. Mm-hmm. Um, but here you have this God centeredness in prayer where you're observing and adoring the father, mm-hmm. um, which I think is a lost art of prayer. We skip that step so that we can get to what we need to. When really, Mm. what we need to do is be still and to adore, Mm. Mm -hmm. and and enjoy the fact that we've been invited into
0: into fellowship with Him in a verbal capacity. Yeah, to call Him Father, exactly. uh, Yeah, Yeah. I mean, a a doctrine, a a the you know, a theological reality Mm -hmm. that I think His prayer starts with. Yeah, I think that should captivate us more often Mm. than it really does. Mm.
2: And if and if I had a dollar for every time that I went to prayer where I was burdened heavily by something Mm -hmm. and I forced myself before I got to my request Mm -hmm. to sit there in adoration Mm -hmm. and have forgotten my request along the way. Mm -hmm. And that's Mm -hmm. not to say that we shouldn't make our request, but it's to say that half the time my greatest need Mm -hmm. is actually to just be enthralled by the glory Mm -hmm. of God and prayers. And I think
0: our our needs, like when I think of the Lord's prayer, it's like the way that he has you walk through the, the, the concept Mm -hmm. of where you're, where your eyes are focused, like I think all other temporal needs end they up fade. fading away. Fade. You know, it's like, at that point I will rest in what he has for mm-hmm, me today mm-hmm. and rest in who I am in Christ that I can call him father, that he has provided everything that I need mm. through him and I'll just rest in this reality yeah. longing for the kingdom to actually come. Yeah, certainly. All right.
2: Agreed. All right, I've got a second part to that,
0: though. Okay. Um, the
2: second part, though, is where you kind of see it doesn't change from a Godwardness, I think, is what's really mm-hmm. important there. It's, give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts. And we also, as we also have forgiven our debtors, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. You know, you see the supremacy of God in that prayer. You see that the recognition of the one praying is that he is the sovereign over all things. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't think that we sit down and realize that every bite we eat comes from his hand, Mm. right? Like Mm -hmm. that's the normative Mm -hmm. outworking of God. When we pray, give us this day, our daily bread, or even in John six, where he provides manna in the wilderness, Mm. you know, the, the major thing that you're, what's kind of humorous there is he'd been providing for them in, Egypt the whole time. Mm-hmm. He did so in a unique mm-hmm. way, but God's normative action is providing for his people. Mm. And so it's like, give us this day that our daily bread is a recognition that all good things come from his hand. Mm. The forgiveness of sins come from his hand. All of that flows from there. And so we're fools. And I do mean that in the most literal sense. Mm-hmm. If we believe that we're able to just go get it, mm. right, apart from his sovereign decree. And so we, mm. we beseech the Father.
0: Mm. So in Old Testament survey, when Blake was doing First and Second Kings, I told y'all this, but I want I wanted to record it. <laughs> so it was struck me. It's like when you spend time in in the Word, and you're looking at I, and and I think like Elijah's moment on the mountain, despairing of even life itself. It's like one of those passages I've heard preached mm-hmm. countless times. I mean, it's a to me, it's a huge Old Testament you know truth story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was looking at that, and I was reading when you were going through the outline, Blake, and I was like, I was like, I mean, the Lord looks at him and says he's despairing. Like I'm the only one left in Israel. No one else is left everyone's deserted you but me. And the Lord says, I have 7,000 who have not bowed the knee. I've always had a remnant. I have those who, evidently he's telling Elijah, you don't even know about, but they're there. And he says, and oh, by the way, pretty much I'm going to feed you, clean yourself off. You're headed to Syria. You're going to go anoint a king. Like he's despairing in his worldview Mm -hmm. that like the only world that he has in sight is the nation of Israel. And the Lord's like, yeah, he's like, (laughs) I'm actually Lord over the Syrians <laughs> and I'm going to send you over there to anoint a King. But it's like what you said, uh, and it's what it reminded me of. It's like, we get so focused on, wow, he fed them with bread yeah. in the wilderness. And it is a miracle yeah. that he did that. And we should be in all of that, yeah. but it's still his same hand of provision yeah, exactly. that was providing for them in Egypt. Yeah. It's so anyways, what provided it's my pizza from last night. <laughs> what? It's what provided my pizza yes. from last night. Yes. Yeah, and it was a good pizza.
1: <laughs> my doctor told me I can't eat pizza anymore
0: really it's your cholesterol high yeah it's happening hey bro i I got mine down 40 points we can talk about (laughs) it that's (laughs) a lie that's from the american uh uh what is it aha bro watch a documentary on it (laughs) they're trash they're trash dude they are nothing but a marketing company that's all they are yeah people pad their pockets they'll say whatever So, the whole thing about fiber and Cheerios. This this, this is
2: his mail. This is his letter he sent in. Can you help me with my my (laughs) cholesterol? So, the the
0: whole thing is the reason why Cheerios and oatmeal get this really high mark on heart healthy is because it's high fiber. Right. So, it's just eat fruits and vegetables, bro. Like, you don't have to eat just oatmeal. I don't want to eat oatmeal. (laughs) Yeah. You can still live, man. <laughs> All right, number two. Hold on, do we do
2: pr- we do the prayer in frequency?
0: No, we pray, didn't. okay. Pray, pray without, without ceasing. ceasing. Oh yeah,
2: two things.
0: <laughs> two of the best. Two. Of I the, always try to look at Charles's face one of my favorite, to know if like we're doing well. One of my favorite
2: quotes. <laughs> one of my favorite quotes by Charles Spurgeon is: "I never pray for longer than five minutes, and I never go longer than five minutes without praying." Mm. While there is One grain of truth to pull from that. There's another that I might not recommend, but the first is I never go longer than five minutes without praying. Um, He, the one thing that I think he did extraordinarily well or bare minimum, he communicated extraordinarily well was the idea that there is a constant draw to the throne room of grace. Mm. Now that has to be, that has to be born in you. And I think one of the simplest ways to do that is um, you, you know, you spend time in the scriptures, but I think the biggest thing is you understand your neediness, Mm -hmm. like understanding your own neediness drives you to the throne room of grace faster than almost anything else. Mm. Like if you understand that there's that, that everything that happens going back to the Lord's prayer, there is brought about by his sovereign hand. You know, I think of like, even the ministry you do, you being a good son or daughter, a uh, husband or wife, whatever it may be, employee, employer mm-hmm. is like, I need, I need, I need the work of God so that I can do this to his glory. Mm-hmm. So what am I going to do? I'm going to beseech the throne room of grace and I'm going to plead that he would give me uh, power and ability to do this to his glory. Mm-hmm. And so understanding your neediness is one of the greatest, um, one of the greatest, I think, drivers in prayer. Uh, the second thing is uh, one thing I've noticed about myself, and uh, I, I may have mentioned this on a previous podcast. Uh, I have I have like struggles with anxiety. Mm. Um, the two things that I, are the greatest contributors to my anxiety is I'm not taking care of my body, which means I haven't been exercising and I haven't been eating well. But the other one is that I have not been spending elongated time, <clears throat> excuse me, in prayer. Mm. There's there's a surrender and I think a gripping of heaven. An elongated prayer that mm-hmm. that we just really need to to reclaim mm-hmm. because we we spend a lot of time grabbing onto earth, mm-hmm. right? I spend a lot of time with my family who I love dearly. I spend a lot of time with the saints of this church, but I'm I'm when I'm spending time with them, a lot of times I'm grabbing onto earth the things that God's given me here that are good gifts, um, but rarely do I spend time in prayer where I'm grabbing on to the heavenly gift of God himself. Mm, Um, and so it's a great, it's a great joy to do that. And it's a great comfort because, you know, I can be taken from you too, right? I can be taken from my family. Um, I can be taken from all the pleasures this world has to offer me, but I cannot be taken from my God.
0: Mm. And so if I'm going to latch on to anything, I'm going to latch on to him. So let me ask you this. So Jesus gives us the example of when you pray, don't pray like, the Sadducees and Pharisees who yeah. do it on the corner to be yeah. seen, but yeah. that's their only blessing that they get, which yeah. is this. Oh wow! Glory. Look at their, Yeah. But when you see Jesus, like you, you, he also gives this example of he withdrew himself, right, mm-hmm. or he went into the mass of people, and so it seems like every, every, like every season or every every yeah. situation, like he. He has a way in which like he carries himself. You yeah. Know? And so when I look at his prayer life, it's like, you know, you see him in the garden. Yeah. You know, you also see him I I guess in my mind, right, the bias I think that I bring is that mm-hmm. Jesus was always alone. Right. Which even in the garden he had the three. Well, he leaves him. them there I know, but, but and says they you know.
2: should be hearing and they should be praying and even anyway,
0: yeah. Yeah, so I'm just I'm I'm thinking about praying. So yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm saying all this to say like you know, do do we have the ability to, as we go, make disciples, right? And we would say definitely, like that's, that can be go on a specific journey, but I don't think everybody's journey to making disciples looks like Paul's missionary journey (laughs) around Asia and, you know, that, that area that he covered. So I think as we go, right, I'm going and I'm making disciples as I interact in my day with mm-hmm. my family, with yeah. my friends, with, you know, uh, strangers and uh, all those that the Lord would, would lead me to interact with. So when we pray without ceasing, you know, does this private prayer look like? I grew yeah. up in, you know, do, do you have a prayer closet? Do you have a prayer journal? A yeah, war, you know, yeah, it's yeah. like, yeah, a do you have flame. a place that yeah. you go and I, I'll be honest, like I don't have that in my life. You know, I watched my mother. You know, in, in that where you know that was that was big to her. Yeah. Like, I don't. You know, um, I think it was D. A. Carson said like one of one of his high marks for spiritual gifts was the ability to journal. And I'm just like, I don't, I don't have like, I don't have that gift, and yeah. I wouldn't place <laughs> that as uh, no, like on someone yeah, like you're no. you're like you can't reach. It's a good discipline, but that's, yeah, like that's it, right? So I, I was thinking about like praying without ceasing. I find myself in many interactions on the spot like lord give me patience yeah <laughs> like lord we call those
2: he- arrows to heaven that was lord i feel help like rosario
1: butterfield talks a lot about that in one of her books oh so yeah just kind of like those like in the moment just like i need a prayer right now mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. or like you know hanging
0: me. up with like you or lawson or someone else and being like Man, I'm thankful, Lord. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm yeah, thankful yeah. for that brother or that sister that, yeah, like, they sure. have no idea, like, who they are in my life. And I, mm-hmm. I think a lot of times, like, we don't understand this side of heaven. Yeah. Like, who we <laughs> are to each other. Yeah. But, but we get glimpses of it here below. Mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. like, these echoes of prayer, like, thank yeah. you, Lord, for giving these people, giving me the church family. And I think we all experience that. And so, you know, how does pray without ceasing and then praying within like the, you know, that war room. Like what, like what does that look like? I guess I'm, is there anything wrong or right about either one? If you're heavy on one and light on the other or vice versa? I think you need both. Yeah. That's what I was going to say.
1: I mean, you don't have to have a war room, but I think you still need both. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like the discipline of actually taking time, even if it's not the same time every day, but time to pray uh, elongated, like what Lawson was talking about is super helpful Just to even almost as your mindset for the day of like, this is who God is, you know, this is what he has done and what, what he's doing and who he is. And this is how I can live my day in light of those things.
0: Yeah. So what if you have a 30 minute commute, lock it down. Would you say would you say if I don't want to bind anyone's conscience, but no, it seems like neither, a nice time. But it but it is. It's
2: like uh, you see where I'm coming no, from. Actually, like, these look, are fascinating, interesting you, questions. I, like should I the, get up thirty
0: minutes earlier? Yeah. Should I dedicate that quiet still war room yeah. or should I you know it is or do do i have the the freedom in Christ to say as i'm driving i have nothing else other than mm-hmm. my mind fixed yeah. on petitioning the lord for whatever it is in, in my life right in the way that he prayed yeah. that he gave us an example
2: and one of the things that i want to be careful with and and, and so like a lot of times when people start out
0: there So let me just say this okay. I'm, I'm i'm talking about this because i grew up in this culture yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that it was like you're if you're, you
2: don't have a, if you don't have this, yeah, you're if not you praying. don't have a journal, yeah, yeah. if you
0: don't have a war room, yeah. if you don't have like these things and it's just like, I, you know, you're, it was almost like you're a lesser citizen in the kingdom yeah. and you should strive for these things. Yeah. So I'm trying to balance.
2: Yeah, no, I, I think, yeah. I think both and are, are really important here, but you know, one of the things that I think is a danger, uh-huh. I was taught this my whole life, like you better have a place. Yeah, place and a time. A place and a time. You need a setting. Look to meet with God. You don't have that kind of control. And as you get older, you have less. Mm, And so, like the the place (laughs) the place is you. Like you're there. (laughs) (laughs) Spend time. This is spiritual disciplines at this point. Period. Right. Like read your Bible. I'll be honest with you. I read my Bible naturally for just the labors that I have for the tasks that God's given me. But I also find time to read the Bible just for like, I need to, I need this inside. Like I need to get this in me. Right. I need mm-hmm. to spend time in prayer where I spend time in praying for the saints, but also just like fellowshipping with God in prayer. But.
1: And if you listen to it, it's okay too.
2: It is. It is. I tell men Wait, all the that? time. If you listen
1: to it, it's still reading your Bible. Listening to the scriptures. Oh yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I tell guys all the time they're like, man, I just really struggle to have time like to sit down and to look at it. And I'm like, that's okay. What's your, my, my first question is what's your commute? You what's your commute to a S- sit down and lis- listen to the word read mm-hmm. uh i mean my goodness the command that paul gives to timothy is devote yourself to the public reading of scripture like that's how the majority of people would have heard but the word of god our
1: brothers and sisters in the past yeah you know um
2: but i think both of those things are th- that's why i think spurgeon's statement of uh i never go five minutes without praying is really helpful but the danger i think is to say that I, sh- I never went for five minutes. I never prayed for longer than five minutes. Yeah. There is a devotion and a joy inside of that that I would encourage.
0: <laughs> so the scripture sure that, that comes to mind is Hebrews four sixteen. It says, let us then with confidence draw near yeah. to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to mm. help in time of need. Mm-hmm. As I was just thinking about, right, we draw near by yeah. faith spiritually. Yeah. And so whether that's in a closet, mm-hmm. by my bedside, yeah. On a commute, like these realities are not in this place nor on this mountain will yeah. you worship, yeah. right? Like we have access at all times in all places, right. which Indeed. I think then informs my ability to Absolutely. pray without ceasing. Absolutely. Otherwise, like if I get it in, inside of a locale. Right, like a physical location. If it's the only place, right, right, then it's I'm, a danger. Then, then, I, then that's where it's like that whole pray, pray, pray without vacation. ceasing. Yeah.
2: yeah, and I think, I think inside of a healthy prayer life is just a God awareness. I don't know a better way to put that. Of and trying to figure out how to articulate it, but it's just being aware that that I have a couple things. Right, i I have the Spirit of God indwelling, groaning on my behalf. I have, this, I have Christ interceding and I have access to the Father. There is an awareness that comes about in the Christian's life, or it should, right? You should, you should aim to have this awareness in everything you're doing that I do have access and I'd be a fool not to use it. Mm-hmm. Like there, there being like every thought being a means, being a moment in which I can depend upon self. Or I can flee to Christ mm-hmm. and I can spend time and I can, and I can plead with the with the father.
0: Lord, give me strength. Mm-hmm. Thank you. All of that's Just an awareness of who God is. So do you think our power in prayer is multiplied in number?
2: Um, You're talking about like we're two or more gathered. Uh-huh. Well, that's not what that text
0: means. <laughs> okay. um, do you think it also strengthens the prayer if we hold hands? It does not strengthen the prayer if you Thank hold hands.
1: You. It strengthens my swim.
2: <laughs> um, <laughs> but there is something to be said. No. For, no, there's nothing to be said about holding cl- hands. I totally agree with I holding can't hands. Stand it. Totally agree with holding hands. But there is something to be said for um, a collective praying and beseeching the throne of grace yes, together. For sure.
0: Yeah. If nothing else, unity and I'm harmony. say it binds us together. Yeah. All right. So I felt like we covered some substance and we covered some nuance there. Cool. All right. Next. Next. Spiritual warfare. In Western medicine, we seemingly only allow for physical illness to be manifested by a physical root cause. The great physician would have never misdiagnosed those he encountered when seeing physical manifestations of a spiritual cause. How should the church interpret sickness? Have we abandoned the anointing with oil and prayer in lieu of insurance and medication? In some cases, yes. In some cases, no. Okay all right, next one. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I think there's that, so much nuance
2: there. so here. much nuance there, but, you know, there is, there is a real sense where we, I think we have, that we live in such a materialistic world that we never deal with any spiritual realities, mm. that that, that we, we, I think we are convinced we wrestle against flesh and blood.
0: Yes, very much so. Like, Whoa. that's, like, that's, it, it, like, we see, yeah. like, I, and I want to say diseases, but there's there's certain things that manifest themselves in psychological ways, yeah. and we diagnose that as a root cause of a quote-unquote, you know, this this uh, is caused by this, and it just seems <clears throat> like those same manifestations that Jesus was encountering yeah. in the New Testament. Still happen. Still happen. Crazy. But we have two totally different yeah. diagnoses. You know, one is it. Western medicine to say, oh, this person is sick with this, yeah. and Jesus point-blank said with those symptoms this person is oppressed or yeah. possessed yeah. by a demon like a spiritual and that can kind of come across in our culture is you're insane you're insane yeah, you guys are like yeah, you're nuts people like which, yeah it's
1: probably yeah. just because people who the people who have gone on record saying things like that also just like don't believe in any any like
0: like any spiritual intervention.
1: realm no i'm saying like people who are like oh yeah the most popular people who have said there is said, no
2: real physical ailment
1: who have said like oh, you just need to like pray that out of you. Oh, uh, like Christian science. Say that about anything, <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah. like, like, you know, like pray the flu away
2: or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, like, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, we, we gave ground here. Um, we let, we let, you know, secular psychology enter the back door while we were fighting uh, evolution in, at the front mm. and, and they snuck in and, and, and when they did and they, they bought, they got us hook, line and sinker. And we've gone that route. I mean, I think one of the biggest things that I had to recover while I was in seminary is the idea that people people can have real physical symptoms and real deep sorrows that are simply brought about by the failure to repent.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's David. What's that Psalm thirty something? Yeah, where he was like,
2: like my it feels like my bowels are like mm-hmm. rupturing within me. Yeah, you know, and and that that reality I think has created an anemia in the church because we won't look at people and tell them, Hey, I see that you're in deep depression right now. You have unrepent. And this is not always the case, right? But I have, I have found that more often than not, when someone is in a very deep pit of despair, nine times out of 10, it's because they refuse to repent of some Mm -hmm. sin or some sin has caught up with them. Or maybe even it's all happened at once. But when that happens, our, our world throws medication at them to numb them more, more deeply. Mm. And so instead of fleeing to Christ for the forgiveness of sin and feeling the restoration and freedom from condemnation that comes there, they go deeper and deeper and deeper and they're, they're, they're essentially lulled to a place of, of total numbness and separation from the only thing that's actually able to remedy it. And then they, forgive me, but there is a natural repercussion to this. And it's like you're in this pit of despair and we throw medication at you that's number one side effect is suicide.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And, and I just think that these things, we need to be able to say, yes, there are physical issues. Normally those things show up on scans. And then the other reality is there are spiritual realities there are there are spiritual presences such as i'm not I'm not crazy to say that there are demonic forces at work in the world, mm-hmm. and we should take note of them
0: so I think western medicine too we we kind of get into a trap like with the thought that we should not suffer, oh yeah, and so I think you know when I think about Paul petitioning the throne room of grace multiple times what he said three times yeah i've got this thorn yeah i've got this thorn like i mean it's some sort of uh physical suffering it it was you know uh he had i think he points to blindness most likely but you know that that there was a spiritual reality to it you know that it was something that was ailing him that was drawing him down that was you know depleting his energy he was having a war against it but yet like yeah. Like he, he looks at it and says, my grace like, is
2: sufficient for you.
0: Yeah. And so I'll suffer in this. And so I think a lot of times, even if we're suffering, let's say it's not because of sin, it's just, we battle with the remnants of the old man yeah. and the despair that he brings. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he's got one foot in the grave trying yeah. to drag us down into it. Yeah. And we're striving to follow after Jesus. Yeah. And you know, that sin that clings so easily to us, mm-hmm. you know, either says, give up, yeah. fall down, don't do it, you know, just don't carry Jump in the on. grave. Yeah, it's like, I think then, like, we have to have this idea of there is suffering for the Christian, yep. and we should be able to suffer well, um, and not despair, you know, not grieve as the world grieves, and not fall into such deep, dark despair, but I don't think, I don't think it's fair to say that there's not things that Christians experience, yep. me included, that have seasons of darkness and trembling Mm -hmm. and second guessing and, you know, and it's like, why is it not a
1: a direct, like tie to your own sin? Yeah. Right. I think there is despair, right? Yeah. I mean,
0: there's times where I feel discouraged, like, you know what I'm saying? Like I feel discouraged and I don't, you know, it's like if I lived in a perpetual season of discouragement, I I would probably be all the more discouraged. And so I could see how people could, that wrestle with clinical depression absolutely could need medication. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. No. And no. I think, you know, ultimately like what we have to be reminded of, like that, that like this place is not our home. Yeah. Those pills are not an end all be all. No. And there has to be a, there has to be a reality in which we acknowledge suffering and suffering even within battles of depression yeah. to say that this causes me to fix my eyes on Jesus yeah. all the more yeah. right that's that's kind of yeah. how i think through it yeah
2: and I, and i want to i want to be clear i am not saying that every type of depression leads it, is actually anchored in unrepentant sin but i am saying that frequently um we prescribe medication instantly in the midst of sorrow and that's not what that's for, right? Mm-hmm. There's, there's, mm-hmm. there are better options there. And I do think that, you know, for instance, you bringing up despair, there is, I think there is a, a command that we need to take into consideration from our Lord. When he says in, uh, John fourteen one, let not your heart, be, hearts be troubled. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there is part of that old man that we have to fight against is to look at him and say, uh uh-uh. uh, I'm not going with you. Let not my like he told me, let not my heart be troubled, and I'm gonna and I'm gonna do I'm gonna fight for that. Yeah. Um, so anyway, spiritual war. I mean, like we just we just touched on the psychology of physical, of, mm-hmm. you know. But I mean, there's a
0: bajillion different directions we could go with that. So, what do you think about? So to tie this back to prayer, when it says call mm-hmm. the elders and anoint with oil, I've seen this done in church, yeah, but I've not seen. It done in practice regularly. Yeah. So just, I guess, <laughs> why? Like, why is that?
2: I mean, I think, I think for some, for some occasions, that makes. I mean, I, if someone, if someone genuinely requested it, because mm-hmm. that's the actual call, call mm-hmm. the elders. Mm-hmm. And if someone actually requested it, then I think that it would be under, it would be our obligation and should be to our delight mm-hmm. to go do that mm-hmm. very thing.
1: Yeah. Like we're not out here looking like yeah. carrying around olive oil with us, but like if someone, what asked do you think it
0: oil does? Do you think it's just a symbol of? Perhaps the spirit's anointing like a, is normally
2: what it is. I mean, I, I, I couldn't, I don't know.
0: I'm, I'm just being honest with you. I don't know. Yeah. All right. Number three, <laughs> fellowship community. That's all I have. I don't, this, this idea was broached, I think through you, Lawson, someone um, else in it. There's like... Uh, yeah. What do you think that means? We should do a podcast on this. Yeah, we should do a podcast on Fellowship Community.
2: Why don't we just do... Why don't we actually just do a podcast on Fellowship Community? I would like to do that anyway. Fellowship so let's go to the next one good. and we can come
0: back to it. Okay. Fair? He's going to say the same thing about this one. You can't do this. I can't. I can do what I want. <laughs> i man. Singleness. I one third of this podcast. Singleness.
2: <laughs> I think this is a good... I, I, I can... We can speak on that. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I think we... <laughs>
0: we. I'm glad we... I'm glad we can. <laughs> <laughs> i thought we <laughs> could speak on fellowship and community i can come, back to that. We can come back to that i think this is leaning into a two-part episode
2: <laughs> that's fine so singleness though is an interesting category because it is a rarity right it's an abnormal
0: calling
2: in our culture or yeah. in general period.
0: Culture? i think period i don't know i think it's interesting i, I think, read Paul, an
2: article or i read a
0: did you watch a documentary no it was a tweet
2: uh <laughs> i read an article i mean a tweet
0: from
1: <laughs> our friend ed stetzer uh oh yeah what'd he say it said it's like half of everyone over 18 oh, is single oh, yeah. yeah so like, i i don't know that that's obviously it is a, a more normal in our in our culture to marry later to marry less to marry yeah to not stay married but like I don't know. I think there, there's more singleness. To You've me, had I a think. paradigm
0: shift to be like, oh, there's more single people right now. And so like yeah. to have singleness
1: now, like I think there are breakdowns, obviously the singleness is probably larger. The
2: people delaying marriage is probably a higher percentage outside the church. Like I get that too. Yeah. yeah but what I'm saying is singleness tends to be an abnormal. That is not to say that it In is the not, church? I, but... I think period inside of society. Okay. Um now abnormal does not mean that it is that it is not uh a calling that the Lord gives or anything like that. It's not demeaning it, it's just saying that it's not the normal calling. Traditionally, yeah. the majority of people are gonna get married, they're gonna have children. That's how society works and continues, right? But when listening you, to Mueller. Huh? Nothing. No. Um but I think the when I think of singleness in particularly inside the church, my question is always like, okay, well, how is it that we shepherd the the single saint among us? How is it that we encourage them and care for them? And you, go, you got so, a hand raised.
1: I love this idea of when, it's the book I read called When the Church Was a Family.
2: Oh yeah, it's a great book. By
1: Joseph Hellerman, I think. And it's just like the, the concept of we don't have to have things that are like this is for couples, this right. is for people who are have one to two kids. This is for people in this age group, and I actually do love that about Mercy Hill, the concept that like we have so many things that are like everyone is invited, please yeah. come, yeah, and that's where you get i mean this is this is true community in the sense of like it's not weird to have someone at my house who's single and a married couple and a couple who are dating. And then like maybe another single, you know, it's, it's yeah. just not strange and I appreciate that. Yeah, And I think that's how we, how we continue to serve people in all different walks of <laughs> we, you life. You know,
0: this is what's so hilarious. This is what cracks me up. Sorry. Get on a little <laughs> hobby horse for a minute. Like, <clears throat> the world does community really well and really natural. Right? There's like no, it's like, okay, let's, it's not programmatized. It's not programmatized. It's like, oh, we all work out together. We all of a sudden became friends while working out. While working out. So now and we're, now we're having dinner, and there's going to be maybe some married people, some single people, you know, whatever. Like, you know, older, it's like, younger. Yeah. It's just like, okay, take, take any other community in the world, and like, that's what happens. Mm-hmm. And when you take the church, like, it just seems like sometimes we either institutionalize it. And you feel we, like you have to fabricate it. Or make yeah. it harder than it has to be. It really yeah. is. Yes. yes. And it's just like, <laughs> if, you'll ju-
2: if we'll really unite. Yeah. So now we're on community. So I really, I, I remember
1: uh, my parents' Sunday school, school class. <laughs> my parents' Sunday school class was like, it's, this is for people, when I was a kid, It's like for people who are 30 to 39 or whatever. I still think that that's and it's
0: super, like, 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 super, like, that's what's happening. Like, no, that's it's like, normal. what happens
1: when you age out? It's like, yeah. dang. Actually, I was thinking about this the other day. I had day. all these friends, and now I don't. <laughs> when we were announcing the young adult slash college fellowship, yeah. I was like, how much longer will I be a younger, young adult? Are you a young adult? I feel like I
2: am. Okay. I figured that your phase of life, having two children removed So that's from where I was group. at. I was yeah, like, yeah. kids, plural. Does that yeah. make me no longer a younger, yeah. young adult? But. It's just a weird, yeah. So we fabricated. We'll it. have to come back to community. I want to go back to singleness because I think that the, <laughs> que- the question asked is an important question. <laughs> we I'm we assuming, yeah, but they're mixed, <laughs> so, they mixed together. They mix yeah. together, but I think if you're dealing with the individual, like I said, how to okay. shepherd the, the single individual, like the what are person, things that we would tell them, feel
0: like a weirdo walking no, yeah, around church. You know, it's like no, like they that's, don't belong. Yeah, or that you don't belong, or that you can't be in this. You can't be in fr- You can't be in friendship with these people or mm. these people. And I also think like singleness from the aspect of. The church shouldn't look at people because I can't stand when people do this to my kids. And they and, and we do it culturally and it always bothered me. It's like, so who's your girlfriend? <laughs> who's your boyfriend? You know, you oh, got like anybody yeah, sweet yeah. on you or whatever? You it's, you know? it's like, why are we pressuring people to conform to some standard? And I think like by and large, the church doesn't acknowledge that there is a role within human life that is for flourishing that is to be single. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean. I, and Paul describes that. Absolutely. And I think because we don't see it yeah. in our church culture and in our community. Yep. But we we get real close sometimes to being like, oh, that person's 38 and they're single. Oh, that's marked. Yeah, it's like we them. almost treat marriage as a sacrament or something. So
2: <laughs> weird. So the, <laughs> we, I think part of this is like the
1: pragmatism of like having a sermon series every year on like parent roles. Or, oh, yeah, or yeah, yeah. Or spouse roles. And it's just like, you're like missing yeah. half your congregation or not half, but like you're missing a lot of your congregation. Yeah,
2: yeah certainly. And the, you know, the, the other thing I'd say is like going back to, you know, Don, Don brought up that passage for that Paul writes when he's talking about being single.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And, you know, I think we need to understand that if God's given you the role uh, to be single, you've been given a great opportunity Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think one of the opportunities there is you can devote yourself wholly to the Lord. You are not constrained to care for another individual, yeah,
0: and this is singleness, either to never be married, or in the time, or to one who is a widow. Who so, he absolutely, and, and you know, because I think about this like yeah. those who are under what sixty five, yeah, like he says, should go ahead and get married like because they're tempted so, yeah. to be busybodies yeah, and yeah. run house to house and you know gossips yeah. and whatever else. And it's like those that are over 65 devote yourself unto the Lord as, you know, and I, I really correlate those two passages. Absolutely. You can't say like, okay, this is what he's prescribing for you. Like, dedicate yourself to the Lord as your true and lasting husband and serve him the rest of your days. Yeah. Which think about, think about how
2: much benefit you can be to a local
0: body at, I mean, I mean, seriously, the local body, the kingdom of God says like, I wish you were all like me, that you were single so that you weren't distracted. By marriage, and I right. would say like there seems to be if there's any sort of I'm not saying Paul plays hierarchies here, but there does seem to be like you can devote yourself wholly to the Lord because I would self admit that there are plenty of distractions, to of course be there are in marriage it's not yeah. sinful he describes that it's not sinful, yeah. but it's like if someone is to live out their days either once already married and they're over sixty five they're a widow, they can honor the Lord fruitfully, yep. but I also think like by and large we I don't know. I just sometimes think like, should we see more single people living out their days in singleness? Like, who has that gift? I think. I think. sometimes I think maybe like, we the don't simple way to say it is gift. you
2: need to encourage those who have, who feel as though they are resolved to live the single life. They don't feel as though they're going to burn with lust. They don't feel like they need the. I mean, you know, I hate to say this way, they don't feel like they need the umbrella of marriage to which to express their sexual desires in a god and a god honoring way and they can devote themselves to singleness and care for the body to live life in the in, in inside of that community to to serve the lord faithfully then you encourage them to do that
3: mm.
2: because if we say that marriage is a necessity Mm-hmm. Then essentially what we're doing is saying that they're half of a human, mm-hmm. that they that they must have the other half to actually bear the image of God. And that's certainly not the case, right? And so we want to encourage that. We want to say, Hey, honor the Lord in your singleness. That means that there are some distinct sins to avoid, right? And there are some and there are some unique gifts that the Lord's given you in the midst of that so that you can give yourself wholeheartedly to his service.
1: Yeah. And to realize that there will be no marriage or giving a marriage in heaven. Yeah. The futurist trending single, but, I also, but we're married to Christ, right? Obviously, but um, you know, what I'm I saying. was waiting for the letter on that one. Right. But you
0: know, like you think about, okay, this person is single, wholly devoted to the Lord. Well, how does that ordinarily express itself? And here's what I would say: you eat, you sleep, you go to work, <laughs> you clean your house, you unload the dishwasher, and you make disciples as you go, and you pray without Amen. ceasing. Like I, I don't think like you're set up for some super spectacular missionary yeah. journey you know what I'm saying like yeah, I just done. like I think because that is
2: that was I should say yeah
0: I was really worried
2: that you were about to say that yeah, if you're called the same you get an then opportunity, opportunity to play for the major to, league team yeah, like yeah, we're yeah. all minor league down
0: yeah. here running around yeah, doing yeah. like the ordinary stuff that doesn't matter yeah while exactly. you get to go to like wherever exactly. you know it's just like mm, yeah no, we have
2: we haven't hit another spiritual tier now no. I do think I do think like you think about the people like Lottie Moon who were who, who was single and did you know, Lottie Moon I don't, I don't
0: I'm just kidding uh, I was like, what? As a Southern Baptist uh, church like, and as a like, Southern Baptist don't know Lottie Moon. Um, it's like, is so a, who is Lottie, this Lottie Moon,
2: the four foot three titan of when missions. When is this moon happening? <laughs> um, and, you know, she was, she was single. She was going to get married. The guy that she was going to marry became was a liberal. liberal. And golly, so she was like, I'm out. Golly. I'm done with you. She went back to the mission field and served faithfully. And so like, you have that opportunity. It's a unique one, but you can be just as faithful as Don just described, faithfully living inside the church and serving him throughout your life. All right.
0: We've got like three more questions. Yeah. Number four. I don't know what number this is. I think if we skip fellowship, we yeah, should number we're three. Oh, four and a half. I want to deal in a... oh, I've got two number fours on my list. What the happening the hell's happening? This man. Okay. anyways, He's the, the next guy. one is <laughs> no, I'm good with numbers. <laughs> so is our conscience and our knowing it's been violated the same as being convicted by the Holy Spirit? Question mark. Is it a sin to go against our conscience? Question mark. How careful do we need to be to avoid binding others' conscience? Question mark. And here's the practical. Practical. Do we think Facebook and social media can be poorly stewarded by Christians to bind the conscience of fellow believers and breed disunity, and should we therefore be careful? Question mark. This is full disclosure from the person that wrote this, and this is anonymous. Full disclosure. And I feel your pain, Mr. Anonymous. I hate Facebook and social media, and I find it a wasteland. So my question may not be really important, but coming from my own bias, all in regards to liberties, of course. Okay, so next we, right. week on
1: Products of Grace, we'll discuss all seven of these. All right, questions. so is
0: our conscience and our knowing it's been violated the same as being convicted by the Holy Spirit?
1: Mm, I'd say no. I'd say no.
0: Yeah,
2: I'd say no too. But
0: because your conscience can play. be misinformed, it can be. But your conscience does play an important role. It does. Yeah. I'm glad you're coming around on that, Lawson. you remember that episode we recorded on ethics and i was like so the conscience do you remember (laughs) those yes okay anyways say something so people know you're alive i'm alive (laughs) um (laughs) Yeah, I mean, and I'm still right. Yeah,
2: I will not interact with this. It plays. It plays a distinctive role, and we should and we should honor what our what our conscience is leading us into. Now, the catch twenty two there is uh, your conscience can be leading you directly into sin in a real in a real sense. I have a Bible, but they are conscience. Okay, why don't we we start
0: with that? Grow up into the head who is Christ, which means to have the mind of Christ and to know to know the difference, to be able to discern between good and evil for those who have their powers of discernment, to distinguish by constantly practicing. That's what Hebrew says. Mm-hmm. So I think we've got to be, we've got to know Christ, know him, know his word, have hidden it in our heart, which David says, inspired by the spirit, can protect us from sin. Mm-hmm. And I think from there, like we continue to grow up, mm-hmm. right? Just as you matured even in your natural life, mm. knowing not to put your finger in a socket, you grew up and you became more wise over time. So I think about sanctification. So I think about like, ultimately our conscience should be informed through the word by the spirit to yes. be to be conformed into our head who is Christ. Mm-hmm. And so those things as they continue to grow should grow in wisdom and stature, I guess is where I'm at. But I think at the baseline it's like we can have things that we have a bias about or we're misinformed or, you know, we're in error about. And so we can't always say my conscience is correct. No, because your conscience isn't king. Right. Mm-hmm. Right.
2: It's an influence. It is not. It is not the influence. But like the the verse that people go to here is 1 Corinthians 8. Um and so this is talking about food sacrifice to idols, but verse 11. Snack time, y'all. And so by your knowledge. <laughs> Charles is behind us in the audience eating snacks. <laughs> and so by your knowledge, this weak person Capri is sun, de- And what, else?
0: <laughs> is it Capri what sun? else? What else is it? I'm literally sitting here reading. Hold on. What else is it? Show me the thing. Oh, uh, potato chip.
2: If his conscience is weak. To eat to eat food offered to idols, and so by your knowledge this weak person is destroyed, the brother for whom Christ died. Thus sinning against your brother and wounding their conscience when it is weak, you sin against Christ. Therefore, if food makes my makes my brother stumble, I will never eat meat lest I make my brother stumble. Right. And so he's dealing with the conscience there. And there is that that phrase, like I'm sinning against or I'm I'm causing him to sin against his conscience. Hold on, make sure I said that right. Wounding their conscience. And it's like But the catch twenty two here is I can't take into account everyone's conscience at the same time. That's Mm -hmm. not real. And nor should we, nor should we say that everything you say, you should think about every human being's conscience in the process. Mm -hmm. But the issue is if you're on social media, you are throwing stuff out there. And sometimes we can throw stuff out there, perhaps with the intention of shooting people's conscience, right? Mm -hmm. And that, and we should, we should take that into account as well. But inside, like conscience issues are massive. I mean, we can go three hundred directions with conscience. I mean, and we sh- we probably should spend some time dealing with that. But um,
1: maybe in season four,
2: huh? Maybe, maybe in season, season four. But what was the what was the beginning of there was there was with social media? There was something attached there.
0: I'm trying to recall. So I watched a documentary, <laughs> and it was called Game Changers. And I had this guy that I worked with, and he comes rolling into the office one day and says. Y'all, game changers. Like, I'm totally, I'm not eating meat anymore. I'm totally on 100% uh, like, I guess, a vegetarian. Vegan? Yeah, vegan. Did he And it's like dairy? natural diet. And he starts throwing out all these studies and like these statistics <laughs> and like all of this. And it's effectively like looking at me and a coworker and being like, and you should not eat meat too because, and he said, the science is indisputable. And this is before like science science was what science is now. But it was like, you know, it's like, to me, it's like you're binding my conscience because I could look back at him and say like, like what you said in an episode past, a couple of episodes, Lawson, about, well, there are things that we do out of sheer enjoyment. Yeah. And we should be like, okay with that. As long as they are not innately sin, of course. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So anyways, I thought that was really practical and <laughs> applicable about how like, you can take something that like, I mean you could make the scientific argument that no one should ever eat meat, but it's just like Yeah, but that doesn't mean that I can't. Well, I mean that's yeah. the passage that you're dealing with. Yeah, yeah, like don't of course. don't eat what? Meat don't offered eat meat. Yeah. to idols. Yeah, yeah.
2: Which I mean, which is dealing with but he's saying I'd never eat meat again if it's gonna cause my but I mean Right. Yeah. But then at the end of I wanna say it's first Corinthians, it maybe Romans, he said, uh the one who only eats the one who on the one who doesn't eat meat is weak. Mm. <laughs> which is, you know, Awkward. go to steak. Um but I'm trying to remember, like, I, I don't think we dealt with that question. Well, well there's,
0: there's multiple parts to okay. it. Okay. So, is it a sin to go against our conscience? Uh, Yes. Nine times that. Well.
1: Because it doesn't say if you believe it to be. Where if does anything it say doesn't if proceed if, from faith, it is it's sin.
2: There. Yeah. And so, like. But we have to be careful with that because your conscience, like I said, can lead you into sin should it be so seared. Yeah, but if your conscience is, I guess what I'm just like, if you think it's wrong. I mean, we can make idols out of
0: anything. uh, Yeah, it really is. We can sit here and say like, you know what, I abstain. You can pick whatever you're going to abstain from. You can abstain from whatever. Chicken nuggets. It's like you can can make the abstinence the idol. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So I just think like that's where we have to be very careful about being mature in Christ yeah. and understanding that we live in such a way where we, you know, we just, we don't bind each other's conscience yeah, and we sure. live within the lie. I mean, what does he say in Romans? Therefore there is now no condemnation yeah. and there's freedom in Christ. Yeah. And so it's like, that doesn't mean freedom to go on sinning licentiously. Like yeah. he's already talked about that in Romans. So, or freedom to flaunt your liberty. Right. Yeah,
1: that's part of the, but yeah, this is
0: where, like, I think other, I just think other communities, like, they, they form these communities, and then there's just, like, natural relationships, and there's natural give and take, and there's natural respect, and there's, like, lack of judgment. But then when we get into church, like, I don't know, sometimes I think, like, we we can be sometimes a really super demanding people with each other, and we, like, sometimes we falter around functioning within the light of the freedom and the true unity, unity that we have in Christ. And so, therefore, like... We go around either, to your point, Blake, flaunting our liberty and say and be like me, or binding our con- conscience of everybody else because you know there's some sort of you know perspective that you have that is real meaningful to you, and you're pushing that on everyone else. Is that fair? Yeah, I do want to be careful of taking our notes
2: from secular communities. I mean, that's that's the one thing that I think is is a danger because. I understand that, like inside of those communities, there are relationships, but they they should never, like they're not going to match the depth, right? And what I mean by that is w- our unifying factor is the fact that we have that we are going back to Blake's illustration of or the book that he read when the church was a family. There's a familial aspect of there that really cannot be dissolved, even even if we walk away from the local church we're a part of. Mm-hmm. But that does mean that it withstands uh correction it withstands rebuke and it withstands you know disagreement one of the things that i think is a danger or one of the things i see inside of other communities is it it it, it is not resolute it's it's not going to stand the test of time and i think one of the best so a simple way to say this is um uh, rosaria butterfield makes reference that the lgbt community has an incredible community well they can have an incredible community, but at the end, unless they repent and believe the gospel, they're going to
0: all be isolated and suffering. Yeah. The, the church is not. Yeah, I guess for me, like I, I see where you're coming from. I, I think like, my example was not going down the vein of setting up a worldly community to be the end-all, be-all, and we should be jealous for what they have. We have what's amazing already. And Our, you're saying they're expressing that in some capacity. Yes. And I, 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 I always think about this in light of Luke 16:8, where it says the master commended the dishonest manager for his shrewdness for the sons of this world are more shrewd in dealing with their own generation than the sons of light. And so even then within that parable, there's like this mm-hmm. look, look at how they treat each other yeah, yeah. and then look at how we treat each other. You know, it's like, so you can draw some comparisons by the sons of disobedience where it's like they are exemplifying some things in which we have the ability to act out in the truest manifestation in its form. And so I I just look at those communities and say, like, sometimes these communities that Christians belong to in the broader context of the world, we function in where we provide more grace, you know, more, more. I don't know, more hospitality than yeah. we do with the people that were quote unquote in community with yeah. the community that we should be giving the most, to yeah, yeah. you know, the most peace, the most grace to the ones that I should count no record of wrong because I know Christ has died and yeah. been raised on their behalf. And so I don't know. That's the way I'm using the example where it's like, what? I thought I heard something back there. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> glad I'm making a great point. <laughs>
2: You literally were talking to him about something I was reading the Bible. Oh, here we
0: go. tit for tat. Um, <laughs> exactly. You always keep a record it of my me, wrongs. It makes
2: me think of that that passage in, in 1 Corinthians where it's talking about like this isn't even named among the unbelievers. Right. And I, I, so I see what you're saying. Like there is part of like part of the gifts that God's given to, to people is community and
0: the best community should be found inside. All of the right. Church. Here's my here's my great example. Somebody comes in to brand new church and because they're a believer, they begin to think or demand or think a certain way that there's no natural progression of relationship building. Which of course there is. And there just is. Yeah, there is. And they would never walk into any other worldly community and demand their voice be heard. You know what I'm saying? They would do the work necessary to build build out, to form these real and lasting relationships because they know... If they come in demand these things of these worldly uh um communities yeah. that they would be marked and cast out. Yeah. And so like here in, in our sense, like I just think sometimes like sometimes we're prone to while out a little bit, I guess. To what? While out, you know, like act a certain way mm. and yet not and, and be of better behavior and better character in the world oh. and yet not not treat our brothers and sisters with such, you know, that's yeah. everybody
2: is a family though,
0: right? The show is. Yeah.
2: We've, we've talked, we've talked to this like personally, me and you have just about the, the way that one comes into a church and it is odd. It is very odd that people will walk into a family that they, we, we would love, we like, we we have a desire to bring you into that community, but there is, there is a progression there is a growing in like I, I, I like to tell people like we're if, if you want to know everything about us you can sit down and we can have a full conversation with it but full conversation about it but there is this strange thing where someone can walk in the door and then instantly begin to make demands of a group of people that they like They they, they might say that we have Christ in common and that's that's wonderful but like having Christ in common means that we are gracious to one another we encourage one another. We long to get to know each other more deeply. There, there still is a growth in that fellowship, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And sometimes we, we do skip that step mm-hmm. and and go straight into, I'm a part of this family. Therefore, I get what I want. Mm-hmm. I say, you know, and it's like, mm-hmm. no, like. Well, I was
0: using that example about binding each other's conscience. Yeah, like yeah, we yeah. come in really loud or whatever yeah. about binding conscience or being very opinionated about certain things. So the, the two questions. Is our conscience and, and our knowing it's been violated the same as being convicted by the Holy Spirit? Is it a sin to go against our conscience? And then how careful do we need to be uh, of, to avoid binding others' conscience? How I think, careful do we need to right, be? All right. So the first one of that, um, the first one of that is, repeat the first question, sorry. <laughs> Is our conscience and our knowing it's been violated the same as being convicted by the Holy Spirit? I think We've, the Holy Spirit
2: quickens the whole man, which includes the conscience. Okay. So the answer to that, some I think, and a lot of times the answer is yes. I think the Lord uses the conscience to okay, convict. we just flip flop then.
0: No, I didn't. I did. Oh, you didn't. It's not Blake the same and,
1: exact thing.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Because I said, remember, like no, we no, have no, to grow. Up yeah. No, into I agree. Head, I agree with that. Which informs our spirit.
2: Yeah. I'm dealing with the distinction between the unregenerate conscience and the regenerate conscience. Sorry. Yeah. I'm only talking about the regenerate okay, yeah, conscience. So I, I, I wasn't. Um, but the the one who's born again, the Spirit quickens that, and I think the conscience does do a work there, and that the Lord uses that often. Is it a
0: sin? What was the other one? Is it a sin to... But I, but I think like we have to be careful because it can't be always a one-to-one because you're growing no, in stature of course and wisdom. I just not. want to have that caveat because you said on a prior episode, your <sighs> conscience had shifted on this matter. Of course, but... but And so it's like, you can't look back but I hindsight would hindsight and say... You see what I'm saying? Yeah, but like, I would
2: say that should I have, at that point, what we're talking about was alcohol, mm-hmm. if I would have partaken of alcohol during that day, I think it would have been sin for me. Okay. Um I w- I was violating my conscience. I was doing something that I was not con- it was not a faith. Maybe a simple way to say it. Mm-hmm. Um but going forward with uh is it a sin to bind someone else's conscience? I think mm-hmm. y- y- it certainly can be. I mean, I think that's the the what you're looking at in 1 Corinthians 8 that if you're flaunting your freedoms or you're restraining someone else's conscience to such a degree that they cannot partake of the good gifts that God's given them, then I think then we are we are essentially I mean I almost want to say you're stealing from them. Well,
1: that's the kicker. It's to bind their conscience on something that's not, that's, that's not a third tier issue. Yeah, like yeah. Like
2: something that it doesn't matter. Like, How,
1: it's good to bind your conscience on like if you're like sleeping around. Yeah, because it's all like, mixed up in let this. Let me bind your conscience yeah. real quick with the Bible. Because all yeah. mixed up
2: in this is that sinful, stop it, right? Yeah. Because those are that's a real thing that we should be doing inside of the household of faith. Quit. Because you right. can throw the baby
1: out with the bathwater Absolutely. and be like, oh, you can't bind my conscience. So all right, so yeah, yeah, let's, yeah. Use,
0: a, let's, did, let's right. use a remedial example okay. that we've had Lawson says I'm getting a tattoo. And I said, Don't mark your body. And he said, Don't buy my conscience. (laughs) So you know the next thing that I have to get over Mm. is I shouldn't judge him. Mm. This is this is true. The best way for you to do that is to go get a tattoo on your head. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But I mean I think I think like where we get to, like we can get to like, okay, well I'm not binding, but secretly I'm judging. I'm judging. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think yeah. And so I think like the mature believer has to then crucify, like that may not be yeah. freedom for me. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I rejoice in the freedom that my brother <laughs> has. And I'm using, I, y'all, I'm free to go get a tattoo. I've had an earring before. So it's like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I, I have no problem yeah. with it. I mean, Bailey came to me and asked, like, hey, should I get an earring? I'm like, I mean, brother, I wouldn't. Like if you came I and asked did, me, but I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't. wouldn't. Like, should you get a tattoo? I wouldn't. Yeah. Like I, but I rejoice in the fact that, that you can, and you can express yourself. And if you want to do that for a season and get an earring, at least it'll grow back up. The the <laughs> tattoo, it's there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But anyways, I, I use all that to say because I it's this funny progression about yeah, yeah. not binding, not actively binding conscience, but then getting to the point where I like think you that's respect a really important love.
2: point. I, I had I had not thought about that because I do think that's the natural repercussion when you see someone partaking in something that you don't feel the freedom to do is you impress mm-hmm. your restraint on them mm-hmm. and think, oh well, they're in blatant sin, mm-hmm. right? And it's like, no, they're they're not, they're not, right? right? <laughs> they're not in <laughs> right. sin, right? And frankly, you you calling them. And telling them that they're in sin may very well be an indication that you are,
0: because mm, you're judging. them. You're
2: judging them, mm-hmm. and 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 this is not a don't yeah, yeah. judge. Yeah, this is not what we're talking about here. <laughs> judge not less. Yeah, you be yeah. Judged. This this is this is you're you're essentially restraining the freedom that they've been given, and telling them that that freedom
0: isn't real, and you're making a law where there is none. All right. So here's the practical do we think Facebook and social media can be poorly stewarded by Christians? Of course. Of course. It goes on to say, to bind the conscience of fellow believers and breed disunity, and should we therefore be careful? Of course. Of course.
2: I mean, like, any any tool that we have can be abused, and this one can be abused loudly. Right? It's like, you can abuse this tool Mm -hmm. really, really loudly, and, uh, you know, once again, I think... We need to understand that when we're dealing with some, with some of these issues, we, we do need to take into consideration the people that we're speaking to, but we also, that doesn't mean that we never say anything either. Like the, but if you're, let me say it this way, if your only audience, if the only times that you say things are inside of Facebook or Twitter and you're not actually engaging in these conversations with people that you spend time with, you need to ask yourself the question, Why? Mm, why aren't you engaging in these and is it because your conscience knows better when you're looking at someone face to face if you wouldn't say it to them face to face maybe
0: don't shout it on facebook i think the other thing can be like with compliments too like it's it it reminds me of the office where uh michael says something about pam and they're like oh you should tell that he goes i would never say that to her face (laughs) like why? (laughs) you know it's like for me it's like i think a lot of times like we can we can also Use Facebook as an outlet to say really true and meaningful things. Yeah. yeah. When they deserve to be said face to face, s- be said face to face, and this can be like blast apologies. You know what I'm saying? Like going out on Facebook uh-huh. and like I'm so sorry, whoever's listening. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shouldn't yeah. say what I said. Yeah. Like you know, this, this seems like this should be a prayer. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> turn that off. <laughs> yep. Okay. You know, or yeah. like, anyways, I just I wanted to throw that out there. Like, sometimes yeah, it, it doesn't. You know, I think the abuse cannot only be getting on some sort of hobby horse yeah. and like blasting that out and saying, "I you can't argue the facts." We should all be vegans. Yeah, you know? right, right. Or like, I'm super thankful about this when that thankfulness needs to be alert, You know, what I'm saying like yeah, it's yeah, said yeah. to a person, the Lord, yeah. and then to you know, yeah. complimented to the person, and then. Uh, you know lastly a a blast apology yeah like to clear your own conscience because you said it (laughs) oh yeah yeah but you didn't go to the person (laughs) (laughs) i'm sorry person that's never
2: that's already blocked me but i want people people to think that i'm really apologetic (laughs) all right
1: all right right. i just wanted to say it since y'all did
0: what all right all right um all right number are you serious yeah hey Hey topic of discussion. And I know it's simple for you guys and y'all have touched on it here and there, <laughs> but a true in depth as much as you can for the listeners benefit to the question of which is more true. Does man seek after God in salvation or does God seek after man who seeks whom? Remember, this is a listener. Uh, no one seeks after God. not not one.
2: Right. Period. Um, Their mouths are all an open grave, indeed, Um, full of dead men's bones. No one comes to the Father unless He is drawn, or no one comes to the Son unless the Father draws Him. So that draw there dragged, dragged. It it literally is a word that's used for inanimate objects. But I do think we need to correlate, right? We don't want to. I was going to give you another verse before you moved on. Yeah, we want to be. We want to be clear that it's the Lord who seeks originally, right? Mm -hmm. But there is in the Spirit's quickening giving life to dead men mm-hmm. to where they see and they behold him as beautiful. And then they run to him. Mm-hmm. Right. So there is, in a sense, the father and the son and the spirit work perfectly in harmony and salvation to bring to salvation. They seek first, like he's preeminent in all things. Mm-hmm. Let's give Him preeminence in salvation as well. Mm-hmm. He's the beginner and the starter of all things. But the reality is that the Christian, when they are the person, when they are quickened, when they are made alive, they do run to Christ. They pursue him. They seek him. Um and if we, we seek because he saw Indeed. Like there there's a great there's a great error to say, How about we throw this hymn out? I have decided to follow Jesus. I can sing that with absolute confidence because the spirit of God has quickened me to make me long to follow Jesus.
1: You're saying we can sing that?
0: We can. So what's the uh, I'm trying to think on behalf of the audience. So what's the verse in acts where Paul says, uh, we've all been appointed a time and a place and boundaries mm-hmm. that we may seek after God. Mm. You know yeah, what I'm talking, talking about? about? Yeah. Let me, you want to read that verse? I got to find it. Yeah. Cause I'm on the Don paraphrase and it's worse than the message.
3: <laughs>
2: oh yeah. Okay. So, uh, Starting in verse twenty six, and he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on yeah, all literal Adam, on all the face of the earth, having uh, determined, having determined allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling place, that they should seek God and perhaps fill their way toward Him and find Him. Yet He is actually not far off from each one of us, for in Him we live and move and have our beings. As some, as even some of your own poets have said. Yeah, so the question is like how, what type of seeking are we looking at here? Mm-hmm. Um, go ahead. I just think that image is of just like a darkness, right? Yeah, it's mm-hmm. like.
0: They ought to. They should.
1: Well, it's just like people are feeling around in darkness mm-hmm. for God. Mm-hmm. They're just finding him elsewhere. Mm-hmm. They're finding other gods. That's that's where I am on
2: that. Yeah, and I mean, I, I would, th- this is this is an interesting First, but I think one of the simplest ways to, to, to deal with it is actually to say what Blake just said is men are seeking after the things of God. And I mm-hmm. think men are aware of their own inadequacies and they are aware of their own need. Well, eternity is written on
1: our hearts and we Absolutely. Know, like we're looking for something bigger
0: mm-hmm. than ourselves. You know, think, we're just I finding think, like, in like, lesser uh, things. Um, really visual, you know, like artistically. So I think about in the sense that like, uh, what is it, John 1, um, the light, and mm-hmm. the men hated the light, mm-hmm. right, Lawson? Mm-hmm, yeah. Okay, so you're thinking about like... It's not John 1, it's John 3, but yeah. Okay, so you end up having like this being born from Adam, born into darkness, but yeah, there seems to be this indisputable light that he can't see, but yet it's there. Yeah. And like he ought to see it, mm-hmm. but he can't, He's in the meantime groping in the filth and the mud, yeah. searching for what's apparent, but yet he's blinded. Yeah, and he's seeking after the things of God, but is blind to the true God because mm-hmm. he hates the true God. Yeah, mm-hmm. which in
2: this text he's standing. I mean, he. This is the text that comes immediately following them saying the statue to an unknown god. He's yes. looking yes. at. He's people. making an apologetic yeah. argument. He's here. saying all of you are running around mm-hmm. trying to grasp after God mm-hmm. because you even you kno- acknowledge you that, know you might that have you're in need. One. Yeah, you know you're <laughs> you in need. You you're the one. Yeah, you know yeah. you're in need and, and, and you're going around groping to the best of your ability. And I think what really is kind of said here is like as Paul stands here, um, he, he, is, he kind of points out the fact that they don't actually seek after the living God because in verse 32, now when they heard of the resurrection of the dead, some mocked. And so this is Paul preaching, and as he's preaching, he's preaching the resurrection from the dead, they hear the message of the God who is, and their immediate response is to mock or mm-hmm. to question. And so you have that kind of laid out there as well. But we do want to harmonize, right? The seeking, there is there is in a true sense, men seeking after things that only God can give.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: There is in a true sense that God is the initiator. God is the one who works out and seeks and saves that, which is lost. And there finally is... A, a seeking of as Blake said earlier, the sought out ones mm. that those who have been regenerated then do seek out, and as they grope, they don't grope blindly; mm. they grope with eyes illuminated, and they will lay hold of their God.
0: Mm. All right, by faith, nonetheless, is the instrument. So, in conclusion, we've run out of time. Big facts. Lawson has a Bible verse. Oh man, I
2: literally just closed. My, <laughs> you did that on purpose. <laughs> I literally just closed yeah. my Bible. <laughs> What you got? All right. I'll read you the verse that I've been thinking through today. Okay. John eleven thirty five. 35. I not get there.
0: <laughs> is it? Oh, my Did goodness. you guess it? No. Let's that's <laughs> that's like start, right. <laughs> <laughs> start, start guessing verses.
1: John three sixteen. Yep. That's where he's going. Isaiah 48. Yep. Let's see. Malachi. 3, 16? Hard.
0: Ridiculous.
1: What is this? It's like the... <laughs> <laughs> Hold Habakkuk on. one Hold three.
0: On. Hold on. Hey, Molly, I thought you've I I I you been meditating, but I, literally I have studies the Bible <laughs> I for I don't a living. Be- Stop. Stop. He's memorized the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> Twice. <laughs> <laughs> Holly, I don't know what's wrong with me. I have a painful disease in my loins. I'm sorry. <laughs> I got confused. Oh yeah? Yeah,
2: I overlapped. Um I went to Proverbs 3 uh, way off <laughs> anyway. Uh, all right. Psalm 37, 3. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness.
0: Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. All right. So I'd like to thank my fellow elders, Blake McCullough and Lawson Harlow for the time spent today. Carry on my wayward son. <laughs> don't you cry no more my brothers and my friends godspeed (laughs) if we're gonna be in a copyright infringement Uh, we might as well get get our money's (laughs) worth (laughs) golly what a train wreck That's what the people
1: are here for. I know it. That's <laughs> what they do. I was going to say no one would listen to a podcast about faithful church planters because yeah, there's, no, like, there's like... nothing <laughs> crashing and burning. <laughs> <laughs>